Hey everybody, before we get started this week, I just wanted to personally address the passing of lead singer of Linkin Park, Chester Bennington. Uh, this episode that you're about to hear was recorded approximately six weeks ago, so any opinions within are not intended to disrespect his memory or offend any of his family, friends, followers, or fans, and we truly wish the best to all of you, and that includes myself, as this was uh, a very tough week for all of us. So we hope that you're able to enjoy this episode. Thank you. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Under Over Under Fair. Rather, I don't know the name of our own show. Um, I am Lacey McGraw. I will be your host for this episode. I will be driving this train, and with me, as always, is Jason Pinkham. Hey, buddy. Dave Roldan. Wow, <laughs> you're very funny. And we have a newcomer today. We have Jennifer Wysaki. Jen, say hello. Hi. And we have gathered today around <gasps> this table to discuss. New metal. Now, you may be saying, what the hell? Because, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of thinking of myself a little bit in the back of my head. Um, So, the four of us are all about the same age, and we all have, minus Dave, which we'll get to later, Jason, Jen, and myself have a nostalgic appreciation for some of the new metal bands that were kicking around in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Um, and we we kind of have some differing opinions on things. Uh, we wanted to kind of discuss um, where these bands, or if these bands, have a place in music history. So are any of them actually good? Now, when we talk about new Metal, we're talking about... First, be- before I say what we're talking about, I just want to quickly note that before we started recording the show, we did kind of touch upon that genres, <clears throat> genre labeling is kind of, it's kind of a difficult thing to nail down because music is so subjective. So saying that something is new metal, we were looking at lists and some of those things we just didn't agree with. We didn't agree that certain bands were classified as new metal. Uh, I thought some bands were new metal and Jason disagrees. I'm sure Jen and Dave have their own opinions as well. So we are going to use this as a loose guide for kind of the harder, um, a little bit more commercialized metal that was kicking around in the late 90s and early 2000s. The genre as a whole. I think that's a good good way to label it too because the... I think new metal as a genre became its own, like it, it, it became a splinter genre of a genre that already existed in, right. within metal because of the commercialization aspect. Because these, the bands that reaped the biggest benefits from being labeled new metal all had a similar sound, all came out around the same time, and all more or less embraced that. I mean, they they pretend like they don't. Like a lot, there's a lot of pushback on the term, the terminology and the labeling. Right. But then none of them did much to differentiate their sound from what new metal was. So that's 
you know, that's kind of something that I think is in, uh, indicative of what new metal is, like a a certain level of commerciality that became that kind of is tied hand in hand with it. And as I was going through the article just for my own personal, just to, you know, sort of grasp it a little better in terms of what these bands are, I noticed a trend, and I'm wondering if you guys felt the same way. A lot of these bands that are classified that I was arguing weren't or shouldn't be, that was their buy-in. Like, New Metal was their, like, training wheels to get popular, mm-hmm. and then they completely switched genres. Like, that happened a lot. Yeah. Bands like, uh, 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 well, I can't I think of them now. Uh, Every Morning There's a Halo Hanging from the Quarter. Uh, Sugar oh, Ray. Sugar Ray. You look at Sugar Ray or, like, Nickelback on this list and Kid Rock. Like Even Slipknot. Even like, Slipknot. Yeah. Is the, that's the biggest one that really like the, sticks in my craw, because mm-hmm. that was the one I, like, got catty about. We got a little argumentative on that one. Yeah, yeah. but I mean... And I, I, No, but that's the thing. After thinking about it, no, you're right. That was their... It's like... It's like the cheat code, you know what I mean? Because it's so popular at the time that these bands are all releasing their debut album from like '98 to like '02. Right. That it's just the easy way to make money. It's the easy way to get your word out there. Now, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I want to go around the table and kind of touch on where everybody stands on it. So we've def- defined what we are talking about as new metal. We're kind of using it as a loose, loose rather genre, uh, you know, guide. I had a so, question, real quick. Hit me. Are we then going to be discussing within the genre what we feel is over or underrated? Like, can, are we going to be able to bring that up? I wanted to, yes, okay, because cool. I, I'll get to that. But let me fair just enough. ask you: as I'm trying to step on your ahead. toes, ma'am, I apologize. Please write our over turn. under fair. Over under fair. New metal. Yes. Uh, new metal is the worst thing that's ever happened to music. <laughs> like, I all right. I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> not not in actuality, but in like in mental and like emotional carrying like my favorite artist is bob dylan i listen to a lot of girls and techno music like this is this really isn't my scene it never ever was and this came to prominence in a time where i was in high school and all i wanted to do was listen to bjork and be left alone but all of my friends were like and there was like the very epitome of like the mountain dew culture of things around me of like (laughs) driving around fast in cars blaring disturbed and that shit was not for me. Can I just say I imagined on a Friday night somebody calls you just like, "Are you ready?" Uh, you can you can absolutely imagine it because I can tell you 100% it happened. Yes. So, <laughs> and it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Lacey using that super yep. throaty so that, This is this is a I'll, he goes, I'll be, yes. She goes, "Okay, cool. I'll be brief. This is this is a genre of music that completely missed me. I have I have no appreciation for it at the time, although I wanted to do the show because looking back some of it now I'm kind of okay with, but I'm sure that'll come up as we go. Yep. So overrated. Overrated. Jen. Newcomer. I'm actually kind of on the fence about if it's overrated or fairly rated, because as one of the frustrated suburban kids that can relate to some of the music at the time, <laughs> I there's the target audience. Let's yeah, I'm just I'm kind of on the fence about it, so I kind of definitely want to hear everyone's opinions on it to kind of hash it out. Yeah. Gotcha. Jason? Oh, you know where I stand, baby. It's underrated all day. This is a genre that is, like, you got to remember, this was my buy-in from, like, Backstreet Boys, Savage Garden, and, like, InSync, You were, like, a pop music kid. You were, like, a kid. I was a kid kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 99, I was 13. Like, that was when I made the jump. You know what I mean? So, this, to me, is always my, my, like, near and dear to my heart, and especially because the bands I always identified with, Linkin Park notwithstanding, Linkin Park and Slipknot notwithstanding because those are the popular ones, but the bands I've always identified with and carried to my adult years were bands that made nothing, no waves, and no one cared. Yeah. You know, Egypt Central, Dry Cell, Head P.E., bands like that that no one could be bothered to give a fuck sure. about. And so, 
I was always able to kind of enjoy them in my little corner and just be like, oh, this is great. And everybody's like, I have no idea who they are. Fuck you. You know, so right. it was fun for me, like watching everyone else be like, but, a team is the best thing ever. And I'm like, you're fucking wrong. Do you think that it is actually underrated, like like more people need to appreciate it? Or is it just kind of a nostalgia thing for you? Uh, I think it's kind of 50-50 because I do think there are good things to be found in the genre. I think there are good things that get wiped off the table immediately because they're like, oh, well, it's new metal, fuck it. Like, I don't care what a bunch of white guys with backwards baseball hats and bleach blonde tips have to say. Right. But there is good music to be found in there. And I'm kind of with you on that. And I'm going to fall. I am somewhere. I had a hard time because I think if I call it fairly rated, most people look back on new metal and call it crap, right? Like, so so it, that's it is why the overwhelming that is why I have to say underrated. I don't. I don't think it's underrated like it's the greatest thing and more people need to be talking about it. But I kind of fall in the same camp as Jason where as a whole, I think most most of it was garbage. Because if we're being honest, there are so many bands that kind of came around and were like kind of kind of like teasing your palate a little bit around that time like how many bands we're going to talk about on this show that put out one maybe two albums and then you never heard from them again you know it's so it was a huge oversaturation of like oh this is the new thing we better go find every band that we can that sounds a little bit like corn and market 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 um but i think there are some hidden gems within this that never really came to fruition and some that did and kind of evolved and as far as like the nostalgia, like I have a huge nostalgic, you know, aspect of listening to new metal. Like I am somebody who I listen to all kinds of genres now, but one and I've talked about this on this show before, I I do still love metal. I love metal that comes out now. I love I've gone a little like my tastes have skewed a lot heavier than the new metal, but this was like the training reels that rode me to like the hard stuff you know what i mean like this was like the gateway for me yeah absolutely and that's like where 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 i think some of the flaws lie in this genre like the big like stalwarts that people can look at as bad are you know your limp biscuits or your edemas where it's like once you get past the surface there's nothing underneath like there's just there's edema is my biggest shining example because that is no better example of somebody getting famous off of a genre than the brother of the biggest fucking band in the genre. I was just about to say that. Yeah. I feel like that's the only reason why Edema even came to light. 100% is, is exactly us, the reason. Because I, most people listening to this probably don't know who The Edema lead singer is. of Edema is the brother of Jonathan Davis, who's the lead brother. singer of Corn. Half brother. I apologize. But you can <laughs> tell when you listen to it. Like, he is clearly trying to emulate his brother, and they are trying to profit on this. And that's why you get a band who only has, I believe, two, maybe three albums, one quote-unquote hit single in The Way You Like It, which even that, within a band whose lead singer is the half-brother of the biggest band in the world at the time, they have a cameo from Chester Bennington in their video. And gotcha. that was the reason people watched it on TRL in So a little bit of nepotism oh, going 100%, on there. Oh, 100%, yeah. And, <laughs> kind and, of like Power Man 5000, <laughs> which was fronted by mm, Spider, the younger brother of Rob Zombie. Exactly, 100%. Yeah, yeah and that... And, that's why you get, you know, bands like this that just, there's just so much nothing. <clears throat> and when people were like, oh, well, this is a genre I'll try out this band. What's a good one? Edema? Okay. And it's pure garbage. So let's take it back a little bit. Um, I think it's it's arguable what the first new metal band was. Like, you could probably, <laughs> we could probably sit and argue about it. 
uh, but it's kind of widely kind of agreed upon, I think, at least on the internet, that it corn basically kicks this off, right? I, yeah, I typically give the the, the nod to corn on that. They're, and you know, they come around in the, the, the early to mid nineties, like what ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, so. they put out they put out a their uh, debut album, which I believe was self titled. Yeah, um, so it's, in it's, like the early nineties, yeah, they're kind of the first thing to light the fire of what would become new metal on a popular sure. co- collective. And you know, we don't want to split hairs because I'm sure somebody out there can somewhere can say, oh no, no, this this band right. over here that like only like six people know about yes. started new metal for the sake of like our that. argument. For the sake of our argument, I think the wider listening audience probably corn is probably one of the first things you hear um well i made the case in the pre-show that the 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 tippy toe into the water this (laughs) oh my god at least on a national like audio level like as far as like people nationwide hearing is faith no more is epic like that song like is flat out half a new metal song okay i at first when you said this i for Full disclosure: I ride hard for Faith No More. I love Faith No More. They are not a new. We have we have teased we have teased a Mike Patton podcast. (laughs) Like it's it's something we've talked about. I love Faith No More. I love Mike Patton. I love like his side projects. I follow a lot of his stuff. I'm a total Mike Patton fan girl. Anybody who's listening this who knows Mike Patton fans is probably like, oh, this broad right now. Like, shut up. Anyway, I'll move on. Point being, when Jason said this to me, he was like, oh yeah, you know that Faith No More song, like. Dave's eyes got wide and he immediately looked over at me and I was like I had a vein popping out of my head but the more that I think about it you're totally right like that was that was like a hit song from Faith No More and uh yeah and honestly like I'll even take it one step further and say that their other hit-ish song that Faith No More had around the 90s um Falling to Pieces was also had a little bit of elements of new metal so yeah they definitely had that in there but if if we're going that far, if we're going that route, I mean, you you can argue some other stuff like Red Hot Chili Peppers had some rapping oh, elements yeah. to them uh, and, and stuff. So and for make, the sake of argument, though, make corn, no mistake, right? I was not saying that Faith No More was the first new metal band. Right, right, right. That was just the first exposure of like the combination, yeah. of like rap and rock. And of course, well, in that context, in that, in, in, that context, in the context of yeah. a straight up like right. it's a metal, metal song, song going in, yeah, and they're yeah. going to rap during it, and then he's right. going to sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah. Right. I want to make sure I clarify it. So I want to make sure I clarify this so someone's not like, well, then run DMC and Aerosmith is yeah, new metal. Like, like, no, oh, no, no, what no, about guys. Blondie's that's, Rapture? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's settle no. down. Like, yeah, that's not. What yeah, we're we're, not, to talk we're about. not splitting hairs too much here. No, but yeah, yeah I I will concede that 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 song is kind of like a dip into the water because even though Corn put out an album in 1993, I don't think very many people heard it until no, late no, 90s. No. And that would be, let's see, what song did they start to get popular with? Was it Freak on a Leash? And it was off their third album, Follow the Leader. This, what is like, let me just go around the table and ask you I mean, not without trying to to step on you real quick, but Life is Peachy comes out before before that album. And that is, um, that's kind of, I, that, that's the first time that I heard of Korn, like Mm -hmm. in 96. Um, I remember the video for Adidas played on MTV a whole bunch. So that was kind of my first, my first introduction to that. Yeah. And, uh, Life is Peachy had a, I had a lot of people that I knew that wore shirts, you know, like they yeah. they were around touring with bands like Megadeth yeah. and like things. So they were oddly they out were definitely yeah, oddly out of place. They were definitely like on the scene in the mid nineties as a band that was like an up and coming thing and their sound 
was then was there then. It's not until Follow the Leader that they become like, oh my god, this band is everywhere. Yeah, but like they were on MTV. Yeah, they're and around TRL like and in '96. Yeah. That's when I took notice of it. I'm like, what is this and why do I hate it? And, oh, it's corn. Well, now Fair I know enough. not to like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what? Let me ask you guys though, because this kind of ties in with my next question. Like, what was the first band that you heard that was kind of like new metal-y that made you kind of fall down the rabbit hole? Because I exactly remember what mine was. Jen. Well, the first one I would have to say is Linkin Park, but what made me fall down the rabbit hole was definitely Mudvayne. The minute I heard Dig, I was just, I was sold. Mudvayne. So you were a little bit later, I feel like. Because what was that? That Dig is like 1998? 90 50 came out. 99? No. Well, I, I like mean. it was in the 2000s. It was in the 2000s, yeah. I was Notwithstanding, much... I don't know if, I don't know if that track Dig was on their first album that was, that was like just like an elp or like a an EP that was real hard to find. But Mudvayne's first album proper that they put out was LD50, that was and that's where Dig was. Yeah, the that track. was in yeah. two thousand. Well, I was a pretty sheltered kid coming from a Catholic school and didn't really have you know. I listened to my parents' music, so right around uh, probably like ninth grade is finally when I started actually like, oh, there's something called MTV. Let me watch music videos as I'm getting ready. So I remember being in my room seeing Lincoln Park's music video, and I'm just like. Well, this is interesting. This is nothing like ACDC or Motorhead that my parents listened to. So that's kind of kind of what kind of was a gateway watching TRL in the morning. And you had that you had that with you though. Like if your parents were listening to Motorhead and ACDC, like that gave you a like a predilection to want to hear things like this. My my mom's like favorite artists are Cat Stevens and Elton John. Like I right. metal was not a thing that was ever in my house. Like my brother was into hair metal when I was really young, but that wasn't I wasn't around that enough to know what that was. And that was just like, you know, hair metal shit, you know, and like, but even before that, like Megadeth and, you know, like, yeah. he like Motley Crue and shit like that too. So that was, that was all outside of my worldview though. Like I grew up listening to Motown and then some random jazz and like singer songwriters. Like that was the, all I knew about music. And then like Michael Jackson, like the first time I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and be, I'll answer next. The first time I heard a band like Corn because it was specifically right around then, like 95, 96. And I just remember thinking, like, it's loud. <laughs> and I don't like it. And he's yelling. Like, why are they yelling? I can't hear the words. Like, I was really upset about this and, like, put off by the by this type of music that would be so brash and so, like, unfriendly. Like, I wanted, I wanted to be able to feel like I was part of the songs. And the songs made me feel like they didn't want me anywhere near them. You know, so that was... That was like a thing I was really not into. I, I loosened up, as I said, like later in life. But fuck, I really hated this stuff when I was like twelve. <laughs> uh, mine was the video for "Crawling" by Linkin Park. The water circling the drain. Everybody with their ridiculous hair and those ridiculous pants. Okay. Uh, and that song was. I remember I had an MP3 like CD player back in the day that was red with some weird blue orb on it. Mm-hmm. It was a Sony one. That was their thing at the time. And I remember. Listening to crawling and pushing me away, or pushing away, whatever the last song is on that album, a Hybrid Theory. Those two songs specifically on repeat, like nonstop. I was in a class that would go to Henry Ford uh, Museum every Wednesday in high school, and yeah. that was what I would listen to to and from the the museum. Okay, so that was like my buy-in, and then my like dive was Dry Cell, right? Yeah, it's the Body Crumbles, which is on the Queen of the Dam soundtrack. So I was like 13, 12 or 13. Um, I had had like exposure to like metal-ish things before. Like I was kind of like coming from the same school as Jen where like my parents kind of listened to like the ACDC and the Metallica and the Megadeth and stuff. 
Um, <clears throat> so like it, this wasn't something that was entirely new to me, but I remember the first time I heard, I had a friend that liked Coal Chamber, and she played Coal Chamber's album chamber music for me good album and um i remember like i had listened to kind of like heavy heavy-ish stuff before but i had never ventured into that like he's just yelling you know what i mean like he's it's like real like deep growly vocals and and i was like i was like oh my god i really like this and i like the music a lot and i went out and i bought the album and then it was kind of like downhill from there then i started in with like the corn and the mud vein, the slipknot, you know, all of that stuff. Like, I definitely fell down the rabbit hole through Coal Chamber. Um, slipknot was the second <laughs> album I ever bought, and the first time I ever heard the word fuck on a song. Really? Yeah, and it really freaked me out. So, I, I like, got I can listen to this? I got He's into, talking about killing and stabbing, <laughs> and he said, fuck. I got into Coal Chamber because the hot guy on the bus was wearing a Coal Chamber hoodie. I'm like, I need to listen to this because this hot guy likes it. <laughs> and I fell in love with Coal Chamber. I was yeah. really sad to find out later on that like they just weren't a band anymore, and then that's when like Devil Driver was getting big. Yeah. They've, they've all kind of kicked around with some side projects and stuff, but grand question is for me is what can, if we sift through this pile of stuff because believe you me there is a lot of stuff there is a lot of bands here i i've gone to like festivals and ozfest i can i could probably like throw out bands that like i might have had like one of their albums and i loved it Reveille. do you remember Reveille? i do yeah 100%. the deadlights simon says Bands that, like, I had a record and I wanted them to, like, make more and stuff like that because I was eating up this genre at the time, but we never hear from them again. No. Primer 55, you ah, know? Ah. <clears throat> oh, that's a name I haven't and heard I, since I, I read I it. And I went and saw these bands in concert. So we have to, I think, if we sift through all this crap, what comes out of this that's even remotely good? Good? Yeah. Oh man, are we talking objectively or subjectively? Because there's a problem there. For like, what what do you think you can make the case for and be like, this deserves its place in music history? I make the case for Meteora, Linkin Park, Linkin Park second album is there's legitimately good things there, uh, and I I stand by Dry Cell. They never got a release, but it that album is great. It's a t- little time capsule of 2002, uh, 2000, yeah, 2001 or 2002. Um, Deftones, I think, are a good thing that we got from this. I'm glad you brought them up because Deftones yeah. is a band that I sight unseen kind of despised because they were something that a lot of people oh, also man. liked of the time. Like yeah. they were, everybody that I associated with people that liked, you know, like Corn and Slipknot and bands like this, they all also liked Deftones. And I was like, oh, well, they probably suck. I am very glad to say that I became a bit more level-headed about these things like in the later 2000s and started hearing stuff after like their initial run of shit because now I think the Deftones are incredible. They like are, they yeah. I actually am like in the mindset that they have only gotten better. Like Gore came out last year and it was my, like my second favorite album all of, of all last year. I thought it was spectacular. Like that is a band that I ignored entirely for like a full decade of their output and then came back to them later and was astonished that they were as good as they were. Like that I think if they were the only band that came out of quote unquote new metal that was like you know that they could shed that kind of like skin and become like something else of that it would be a plus to the genre like that you can say well this was a new metal band because they got greater than that than that later and then of course the crown jewel is slipknot 
Yeah, that Slipknot falls Slipknot, into that too, though. Yeah, and they but they just far excelled the entire genre in terms of Slipknot. Though that's another thing that we were talking about was that first record that they put out. Like, uh, it's the number one, right? No, it's it's, it's self titled Slipknot. Is is it self titled? Yeah. I thought it was all the numbers. It's eight seven zero six two one three four five is on the cover, but okay. um, <laughs> they. That first album, I could say, was definitely like it was way different than any other band. You yeah. know what I mean? That was around at the pushing time, pushing the genre to its limits. It was it was definitely different, but I think it could still fall into that new metal because they had the kind of like the rap, you know, the yeah. the rap, the hip hop elements. They had like they had DJs and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it definitely falls into that. But then after that, like. No. Like, I don't think they put out any more new metal albums after that. Uh, there's a case to be made for the last album, uh, Point Five of the Grey Chapter. There's songs on it that are distinctively, like, new metal. Really? Yeah, like, especially towards the end, there's a straight-up rapped song. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. They, 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 but they definitely they dip their toes in from when, it, yeah. When they're uncertain, they'll go back to it. Right. Like, it's their, it's their clearly, like, their roadblock, like, it's like the writer's block hurdle. Right. Or the ramp to get over it. Now, how do you feel about System of a Down? That I, they are a genreless band in my head. I've asked so many people that question, like, what is System of a Down? And no one can answer it. Like, no one can provide an honest, straight, like, two-word answer. What do you think, Jen? I mean, technically online and on Spotify and stuff, they classify it as new metal. But I love System of a Down. I don't think I've, they've ever put out anything I didn't like. Do you think they're new metal? Would you call them new metal? Well, here's my thing about the whole new metal like genre label is the fact that a lot of the bands that are bigger in the genre, they don't sound like each other. And that was like the appeal to them. So I guess in a sense, you can kind of say it is new metal. Yeah, they definitely came up around that time, I think. They did. I always kind of, I kind of separated them in the sense that they... This is not this is not a detriment of the genre because this is not something that's necessary for every band to do. But because they were so politically driven and they were like a band with a message, they they fell more to me in a category apart. Like they, I wouldn't say that they were new metal because it didn't seem like that kind of genre had that lofty of an ambition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, because they were a band that was constantly trying things, even though they sound like a lot of their albums tend to sound the same in ways because they have a style. That's that's expected, but. What they would do to further the cause of what they were trying to do, like that, that showed that showed through to me that they were they were apart from the uh, a genre that I kind of just put, uh, you know, I was what I was looking at through the filter of like dumb rock. Yeah, loud. The they, best, de- they definitely I mean? didn't have new metal, didn't have the best lyrical content. The best answer I ever heard for what this movie down is is Armenian metal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess for lack of a better term. They're like, just metal. Straight up. Yeah. yeah, that's what they I mean. That's the way they kind of right. run their business. Yeah, like, it makes sense. Yeah. It's sort of, sort of like how, like, Gogo Bordello yeah, is Gypsy Yeah, I was about punk. to say, like, you know, they, they get their own genre. Yeah. You know, like, hey, that's not to crime. No, it's not. Oh, I fucking love Gogo Bordello. Stop wearing Shin. purple, Dave. Shout out to. Shout <laughs> out oh, you to are Gogo wearing Bordello. purple. Yeah, I am. Uh-oh. Suck it. Watch okay. out. But, uh,. I don't. Anyway, I I don't know where I was going. Well, I was going to say about apart from that, Jen, I would say though. Um, I have a real, question for Jen. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, ask her. What are what are what are bands that you believe? To her question, what are good bands that have come from this? See, that's kind of my argument though about it being like overrated is the fact that, like, besides Deftones, I don't really, I can't really tell you any bands that kind of stuck around in that genre that can be classified as great, great new metal bands. Because everyone's kind of evolved or established their sound in another genre. That's fair. Yeah, because I... Well, okay, then from that thought then, are there bands that were at one point 
new metal bands. They may, they don't have to be bands now. Like they didn't have to stick around, but are there bands from new metal that you thought were great and should be listened to? I loved Mudvayne for just the first two albums, LD50 and The End of All Things to Come. Um, Static X, which is kind of kind of new metal kind of... Yeah, they definitely started. Industrial, yeah. Started, sure. yeah. And I love Static X. I, I love Static X. <laughs> yeah, 100% do. Yeah. I love them up to... Um, was it Shadow Zone? Shadow Zone Shadow is Zone. weird. That's yeah. when I kind of like fell off the fan wagon. I'm just mm-hmm. like... But the, all the bands I kind of liked... There's like the first couple albums were great, and then they evolved, or they did something weird, and I'm just like, okay, I'm out. But I'll listen. To, I'll keep listening to those first couple albums. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain for the listener. We wanted to do a static epi- static X episode, but we all love them, so we can't do it. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> feel like there was much to debate. Like we could, we would have just been like underrated band, Static X. Like that. That cool. Been the whole Good episode. job, everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Good round Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> that would have yeah. been it. Fun fact: Wayne and Static and I share a birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Well, now you'll be I celebrating know. them alone. <laughs> he died right before uh, our birthday. That's a or right after. I'm not trying after to make light of the dead. That sucks because I was I was very sad. I was too. Yeah, it was pretty terrible but yeah. but um i a band that doesn't get talked about a lot in at least that i hear the name get banned about bandied about too much often um i really liked kitty and yeah that was, that oh, was a band yeah. that yeah. was a band that i kind of felt got short shrift like they they kind of flame out there was some internal problems well, in the head yeah. they had a you know a little <laughs> bit of a lineup shake up a couple times but uh spit is fucking awesome like the first record. album and oracle is better than i think people give it credit for like their first two albums are pretty fucking solid like they're they're a bit more than new metal. Like they kind of they go a bit heavier, and you know they go a little like they go a little black in places too. So it's not one hundred percent a new metal album, but the the seeds are there. Like it's it is of a time and of a sound that is hard to pull it apart from everything else that was yeah. happening. Then. I make the case that Brackish is one of the best songs to roll, but Skate it's too. great. Yeah, like to roller skate too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did so many laughs. That's how yeah. old you were at yeah. the time that so you were roller laps. skating. So many laughs. Just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, then I I have always had a very, very soft spot in my heart for that band. Even like their later stuff, like the most kind of their most recent shit, where they're still they're still doing stuff. I just haven't really appreciated as much. Not even enough to tell you what it's called. So that's my fault. Funeral for yesterday. Yeah, okay. Was an album that they put out. I actually really liked that album. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've heard it. It was it was different. There's a lot. They went less of the like kind of yelling singing yeah, to yeah, yeah. more like the high pitch kind of right. singing. Should, uh, yeah, that's a later, know? that's like early thousands. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard that as much. Actually, um, late thousands. Can we talk about the elephant in the room that is disturbed? Oh, yeah, sure. Because we, we that's time. kind of a big like thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jason, I'm going to do this right now and I'm going to, I'm going to give you this gift their first record, what was it called? The, the one, sickness. the sickness, yeah, is a good album. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that that is a good album. Yeah, everything else that Disturbed puts out is dog shit. I hate they, they that album. It's a it's a listen through for me. I think you could listen to it beginning to end. They have that cover on there that was really sweet when that first came out. Shout yeah. when when that when that record first came out. I loved it. I thought it was great, and I still can go back and probably listen to it and enjoy it. But like that band, just they didn't grow at all. And go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to give you the gift of telling you that their first record was good. While I appreciate I talk it, shit a lot. Uh, I may say, I must say about this band, this is, this, apart from Linkin Park, is the band that has single-handedly burned me the most. Uh, this is a band that, the first two albums for me are great. The second one, actually, I, I 
I like a little more. It's more in my like lane of like music I enjoy. I didn't hear Believe until I was like thirty. Mm-hmm. This is a couple years ago. I finally went back. What did and you think of it? it? I didn't hate it, man. It's like, not and was, bad. And that was something that like specifically some of my best friends were huge Disturbed fans. And I listened to the sickness and was like, oh, it's stupid, but secretly kind of liked it. <laughs> and then went back and listened to Believe like a full decade and a half after it came out and was like, you know. This really isn't that bad. Like, it, okay. it wasn't horrible. Now, that was I, the only album of them I, that I owned. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I want to make a point, though. It is after Believe that Fuzz leaves the band. Mm-hmm. And every bassist in every band in that era had a stupid fucking name. Monkey, Fuzz. <laughs> yeah. Fucking whatever. <laughs> Wes. <laughs> Wes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Fuzz leaves the band. David Draymond's ego takes Viagra. <laughs> and we, then we get just garbage from there on out. I will make I will make, I can make the case for Believe is a good album. There are great good to great songs on it. It is good on the whole. Everything after that is David Draymond literally masturbating into a microphone with music playing behind yeah, I've, it. I've heard their cover of Land of Confusion. That's oh my exactly god. what it sounds like. Oh my god. I hate it's it. It's the worst I hate thing it ever. So much. Yeah. It is. Especially because In Flames released a better cover almost the same year. Yeah. Like that takes balls to try to one-up a band that is clearly better than you in any way. But anyways, back to the point. This is a band that, like, people growing up, like, from 2007 to 2013 were always kind of like, hey, you big Disturbed fan, huh? I'm like, not the fuck anymore, man. Like, I've been out for years. Like, I left in, like, 2004. Like, I'm done after Believe. And I still listen to Believe all the time. But this is a band that has survived and has, as you put perfectly, not changed in any way. Yeah, like, because they're they're dad rock now, right? Yep, definitely. Like, they're just I like guess, I guess we're dad age. Well, grandpa rock. They're grandpa rock now. You are know, they? I feel like they are. They play them on the riff all the time. I feel like the only people who listen to the riff seriously are fucking like people who are my dad's age, like in their forties and like not even 40s, their fifties and sixties who can't navigate their way through a streaming service, and like Marty. You know, who I love, but enjoys all things palatable rock. Yeah. And I love that's you, on, Marty. You're great. <laughs> anything that's on VH1 Classics. Let's touch on another couple of bands here while we're at it, because Disturbed is that's a conversation that goes nowhere. They're not, they no, didn't you're change. Totally right. And they released somehow a Grammy Award nominated cover of a Simon and Garfunkel song. Dude, fuck yourself. The next fucking person I see share that shit to me, not, not to me directly, but just like, share this publicly. song is the best cover ever. Who do you know that said this is the best cover ever? Everybody, just a shitload of people, <sighs> most of whom I went to high school with. I called him You're laughing. all wonderful. I love you. I called him but, laughing the day I first heard it. Like, I was like, I, Dave. Oh, I know you when you it? showed it to me, you were also like, oh my God, like, see, so you got to hear this. I feel bad because ever, yeah. I feel bad like wholesale shitting on like an entire genre of music that I know a lot of people appreciate and have nostalgia for, but not enough to not do that <laughs> because like I I'll feel bad to the point where I hear their cover of Sound of Silence and then I'm like no I'm right I was totally valid in thinking that this is bad because this is fucking horrible yeah it is and if this is something that you cherish as like a as like a Love musical as like a musical touchstone of what you think sounds good man. We got a lot of shit to sort out. Like mm-hmm. that, it's just there's something there's something else out there for you to find. I'm sure, and it's not this because this fucking sucks. And I'm a guy that likes covers that are louder, but that's so, so misguided. Mm. Let's talk about two more bands that are good in this genre that get forgotten in time. One doesn't. One does. Seven Dust doesn't. Everybody remembers and loves Seven Dust. Do they? Yeah, it gets I, brought up a lot. I don't know. Like that's I. I like Seven Dust. Like I kind of think that they're sort I've of never underrated. heard an ill word spoken about them. It's about them in their prime. Like. That skeleton song era, if you will. Do they get a prime? That's that. That's my question. Like I've always kind of felt that that's they were the point underrated about these... because they weren't really that. They were never like 
They weren't the band that you went to see. They were always yes. opening for yeah. that band. Yes. So, that's true. The two bands I'm naming right now are that band. Mm. Seven Dust, Nonpoint. Both have big dreaded band lead singers. They're both the same, almost identical styles of music. Yeah. And they both were perpetually second or third build. Yeah. I see I guess like the <gasps> I knew a couple people who liked really liked Nonpoint and never I heard. never got super into them. Like I always thought they were okay and stuff, but they they got I feel like by the time I was introduced to Nonpoint, I was moving on to like your cannibal corpses and stuff like that. And your, your dying fetuses and stuff. So I was kind of like leaving that era. Oh, what was that? Something sarcophagus? Oh, Swans Sorry. of the Sarcophagus. It's a fake band that I invented. They're Norwegian. It's a, fake, it's a Norwegian black Norwegian metal band. Norwegian black new, new, new metal. Black new, new metal. Yeah. With with black and roll elements. So, okay. So, um, black and roll. So back so. to Seven Dust and Nonpoint. It, this is the thing about this, though. And this is where you get into how much this genre is uh, a sore thumb or a black eye on a band now. If you look at Nonpoint, after their first three albums, which were uh, Development, Statement, and then To The Pain, uh, they switched genres because it's now 2008. Uh, new Metal is dead for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they have to do something because they are they were never top billed in the New Metal era. Right. And they got to do something. So then you see a band like Nonpoint just switch genres not because it's the natural evolution of their band but because they, they need, need to make to money remain relevant yeah. yeah so their last three albums that have come out since which are like self-titled and so on and so forth or whatever the fuck it's just been completely different sounding albums like yeah. every single one is entirely different from the previous one and each one has a song that harkens back to that first album. like they don't know what they want to do well like they need to make money to live <laughs> like that's clearly what it is and that's that's the question I like. That's my nas- my next question for you guys is like, is this for the bands that aren't these titans? You know, your your Deftones, your Corns, your Limp Biscuits, your Linkin Parks that mm-hmm. were able to survive this. For the rest of them that got stuck in the fray, is this a, a like a black mark on their band as a whole that they're just forever marked like a like a scarlet letter, if you will? Can I ask you a question? Sure. What time are we at right now? We're at thirty six minutes. It took thirty six minutes for us to say Limp Biscuit. I want you to know how happy that makes me. That we managed to make it that long. Wow! So yeah, that's true. Congratulations! Give yourself a round of applause. Three dollar bill for everybody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, now now I feel bad for for trying to. I'm not trying to throw off your point here, but uh, I just wanted to let that be known that we did a good job by not bringing them up. I, but they have to be brought up at some point. We did say Wes. They had to be brought up at some point. Yes, we didn't specifically we name Jacqueline Biscuit. The single worst thing to come out of yes. this genre. I, I would Dude, go ahead her. by all means. Let's. I think that is the biggest. I think that is the biggest reason that, to your point, a lot of these bands hold like have a black eye for this genre labeling them that because Limp Bizkit got thrown. That label got thrown on Limp Bizkit immediately, and literally any band that sounded remotely like Limp Bizkit in not even like rapping or rocking, just the sound of a band was immediately new metal. And that is a hard stigma to break when you're put in the same camp as Limp Biscuit. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure a shitload of bands were completely unable to recover from that to your point because you're Limp Biscuit. Like by comparison, like people hear that and just like, Oh my God. Cause that's a band that, you know, meteor meteoric rise to the top and then a equally meteoric fall, like yeah. in in such in such a small number of years, you know, to where they became a punchline almost immediately. Like it's, I don't even remember what point you brought up now, but I'm just I just we were talking to, about bands having a black mark. Is it a scarlet like letter a, being new metal? Oh, absolutely. Yes, for not 
the, for, for bands that right so for so bands forth. that for bands that weren't necessarily that those titans of industry. Yeah, I think it is for a lot of bands. Like there's bands that there are bands that kind of unfairly get that treatment thrown on them just because they were near that kind of scene. Like bands like Glassjaw is a band I was kind of yep. like that mm-hmm. have been labeled new metal even though they're not like, just because they were near that scene. You're yeah, right. because yep. they're, they're they're like a post hardcore band. They're more compa- they're more comparable to like at the drive-in than they are to Limp Bizkit. But one hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's a band that gets kind of thrown even in. Even like with that. Incubus got thrown Incubus in with the new metal, metal in the beginning, and they are not at no, all. not at all. No, and then you know we can go ahead, Jen. I was actually reading an article where Incubus was kind of defending themselves against that or trying to distance themselves because since they were around. They came out around the time New Metal did. They were classified that way, but they were they've been trying to get away from it. So I guess they uh, there is an album recently, or, or they did a song or two with Skrillex. So they're trying to make it more. Hey, so did Corn. Get more right, yeah. on the yeah. electronic side of things. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, like I feel like the stuff that Incubus was putting out around that time was less New Metal than. Oh my god, than, it was completely it was so, opposite. Like there's yeah. such acoustic stuff. It was. I mean that. That, what album am I thinking of? Uh, with Drive Morning on it. Oh. Yeah, Morning View. Morning, Morning View is the first. Like that's like the biggest departure. Because Science uh, was their other one. Science is the one I think I'm thinking of. No, Science is close. Me. Science. No, no, that's. Uh, oh God damn it! Make yourself. Make, make yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, make yourself is like their big breakthrough, and that's where they have all their like the majority of their hits come from. Yeah, but, but I don't think that album is new metally at no, all. No, it's not. It's, it's not enough. It is. It is in parts, but it's not enough. Song, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's not it's not well, enough to make it. It's it's not enough to make it a new metal. But album. yeah, they definitely got unfairly lumped in with that. So that I mean, yeah, because like Fungus Among Us and Science have like elements of that where it is kind of new metal. Right. Like Certain Shade of Green could be to could be called a new metal song. Kind of, but you know that's that's it. Like that's kind of where it stops because they they just they go right away from that pretty much as a response to that label being thrown on them because yeah. you want to move away from that as fast as you can. Another band that got. Uh, the Black Label, while well, they put their own Scarlet Letter on themselves by being by having their lead singer be a horrible person, but genre labeled was uh, Lost Profits. Another uh, kind of uh, weird that's a sticky situation. <laughs> that's... I know. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the lead singer himself, yeah. but the band on the whole, like, there's good music to be had in there, but you can't. No one gets to experience I, it because well, they don't need to. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to give any. I don't want to point anybody in the direction of Lost Profits because fuck mm. everything that has to do with that. Fair guy. enough. Fair enough. Because that's apologize awful. for bringing them up. That's okay. That's okay. It has. I mean, it had to get mentioned. I guess. So let's talk about Limp Bizkit now. <laughs> I, right. I had nothing I, else to no, say. For, I mean, but the rest of us need to talk about it. Can okay, I tell you enough. my favorite Limp Bizkit moment? Yes. I went to Summer Sanitarium. It was uh, Metallica was headlining. And opening for them was Mudvayne, Limp Bizkit, Deftones, and Lincoln Park. And everybody I know that I've ever run into that we start talking about Summer Sanitarium, everyone recalls when somebody threw a beer can and hit uh, Fred Durst in the head. And I love talking God to other people. God bless you, you American patriot. <laughs> I have talked to at least three other people that have been at the show that I did not know at the time that they all remember that. And it's the best part. So, Limp Biscuit was a ba- I'm going to just say it right here. I think that $3 Bills, y'all, was an okay album. Like, that album had some stuff on it that was fine. But you are on a mountain. They, that's fine. <laughs> they that album starts off and it's it's totally fine and it's got the whole like the faith cover or whatever, which is even like one of their less songs on there. But popular video though, huh? Popular video. Yeah, but their second album, which was I can't remember the name of it, Significant Other. That the big one. That's when they go full on bonkers parody of themselves, like. 
the $3 bill is y'all was a, was a pretty good album. I'm sorry. I think it was. I've talked to other people about this. Like, I will say it. I think that it's a pretty good album. It's different. It's kind of like, it's got that beginnings, inner working, the whole like rap infused stuff. And then, yeah, this, the second album is just like, you can't even take it seriously. And then you get chocolate starfish. And then, yeah, yeah. that's when it goes yeah. full on completely And bonkers. you literally don't get a song without hearing, yeah, at least 14 times. Yeah. Like to the point where I can do that, and I guarantee you, if somebody jumped in and didn't know we were talking about Limp Biscuit, they know that that's Limp Biscuit. They're like, "Hey, you guys talking about Limp Biscuit?" Like, yeah, yeah. It was it was twice as crystallized for me at this point because I am also a huge wrestling fan. I was gonna say, what is that like for you? So I'm also a huge wrestling fan during this time, you know, in the late '90s, in the late '90s, like you know, during the Attitude Era. Quote I have unquote. a question for you. Um, so a hallmark of this era of wrestling, specifically at WWF, WWE slash, is their marketing. Of new metal, like they are walking hand in hand with a lot of these bands, <clears throat> having bands like Drowning Pool have songs attached to some of their wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bands like Papa Roach. Like they had a shitload of these new metal bands that were all featured in their events that they had songs. Like the Undertaker would come out to a Limp Bizkit song, Rolling, if you all remember specifically. He also came out to Kid Rock. He also came you? out to Kid Rock. Yeah, these, these are this was a, a are you scared? this is a a well oiled new metal machine that was chugging through wrestling at this time and I hated it so much it it was painful for me to have to divorce myself at, from my fandom because there were times I just couldn't watch it it was overwhelming can I ask you something mm. because it is often cited not I've had this discussion with other people you were not been present for it what is often cr- like claimed to be one of the best video packages ever produced by WWF at the time was the Rock Austin WrestleMania set to My Way by Limp Bizkit. Yeah. How does that feel like as a fan of like the 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 sport, if you will, as a whole when the championed video is backed by that? It sucked. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to play it down. Like it's that's not for me. Like I understand. I get it. It's aggressive. It's, you know, testosterone fueled. Like I get I get all of the reasons you would attach this music to this this event. These, you know, this entertainment as Vince would be happy to hear me say. I get that that's why that's there, but I hated every fucking second of it. I cannot downplay that enough. It made me die inside. Like, so it is a black mark. I didn't even know yeah. that this was a thing. Oh, my Because oh, yeah. I, I didn't know yeah. wrestling. Oh, right. Dude, every every uh, pay-per-view, there was at least, at, usually early on, there was like a five-minute commercial for whatever the uh, the song the album, the song. They do this now theme. too, but they yeah. they've moved into more popular venues because it's easier to do that. Yeah, they get pitbull at every other because it's no longer. Yeah, yeah, because it's no longer relevant. They don't do new metal anymore, and that's they're not no. they're not trying to portray it as that aggressive. Like, but, guys, thirty six crazy. Piece. Right, but because it fit the tone, like yeah, I mean, even recently, Five Finger Death Punch was a song that played at one of their events. I can't remember when, but oh, I like them. that stuff still it's it's still there. But you know, during this time specifically, from like nineteen ninety eight until about two thousand five, it was. It was just omnipresent. There was no way you could escape it. Like, it was just fucking metal in your face all the time, constantly. And I, I fucking hated every second of it. I'm not, I can't even pretend like I didn't. It was just awful. I have a question about some of these bands, and I want to see if any of you remember them or mm-hmm. liked them. Spineshank? <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. them. Did you enjoy them? I actually had um, one of those CDs that comes with, was like Circus Magazine or something, and that's how I got into Spineshank. I knew who they were. I wasn't really super into them. I think I saw them at an Ozfest. I'm doing the music for. Do you remember this band? I can see that. <laughs> it should be like. Burp, 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 yeah, sorry. More aggressive. Anyway, uh, no, Mad at Gravity. 
No, I no. do not remember that one. Do you? I remember. I do. I had that album. It was, it's like a weird. It's like a weird. Like uh, I could just turn your mic down. You can keep going. Get you to a level here. You keep going. Okay. There we go. Now you're at a nice level. Okay. It was a weird album cover. It was like a weird like small black glass ball in a glass ashtray. Do you and remember the deadlights? No, I had never heard of them until you said them on this episode. I actually would recommend you listening to the one album that they have because it still kind of holds up, in uh, my opinion. So I think... I Let's I, talk about another pain of this, this genre. Okay. Il Nino. Il Nino. This, this is a band that... I, come on. I wasn't nearly undefendable. Come on. I owned two albums. I enjoyed them thoroughly. But then I realized they're El Nino. I never listened to El Nino, but... Oh, you have. You don't know it. But aren't they one of the bands that, like, the whole new metal thing was the Dreadlocks and the, like, Adidas Turtle Show... Turtle, like, shoes. Yeah, shell shoes. It was a healthy mix of rock and roll and hip-hop. Yeah. From both the dress and like your appearance <laughs> and your music, and like, like look at true. me, I'm cool. I got dreadlocks and I'm metal, and ugh. but I also or have shell tips. It's like the frosted tips, or they always had that one like chunk of blonde. Yep, oh, and, Seth Rollins still yeah, does. Totally. And then or you, have, you have like a different like reds and blues a yeah. lot. Or do you remember that band Shadows Fall? That guy had the most ridiculous dreadlocks. Do you remember that band? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I saw them open up for uh, System of a Down long time ago, and. His dreadlocks, I'm like, they gotta be the filthiest things ever. Yeah. Because they were like to the floor and he would just drag them on the floor. I saw him open for Slipknot and I remember distinctively being mad that the double kick the entire set was just. Yeah, there's for a there's 45 a lot. minutes just. Da, 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 da. But okay. I, I almost wish now that, you know, I saw a lot of these bands live back back in the day and because i was going to a lot of festivals i went to like that tattoo the earth festival that was slipknot seven dust that's where i first heard Mudvayne. um i think sepultura was on that even though they weren't oh, really man. yeah, yeah. But, sepultura. nice um and soul fly maybe soul fly yeah. and hate uh, breed that you forgot that you hate saw breed that I saw. forgot I saw yeah we Jen, Jen and I just went to a concert last summer and I was really excited to see hate breed and I was standing there Dirt with fest. a friend uh, who had come over to say hi and I kept telling Jen all day I was like I can't wait to I can't I've never seen hate breed before it's crazy all these years and I've never seen hate breed and my buddy walked up and he was like hey do you remember when we saw hate breed here like 10 years ago at this exact venue and I was like we did and then I was like oops I guess I just forgot <laughs> so can I talk about two bands that were victims of this that I really loved yeah there were bands that like is it gonna be dry cell no dry cell okay. I, I dry cell there's that's a story that's it's whatever that's you love them or hate them they're hard to find really okay. uh, but a band that was a total victim of this uh, at least victim of lifestyle plus lack of a hit uh, is Flaw Flaw is a band that had their, if I could recommend any two or any one album to check it out it's their first album which the name escapes me now I feel like I've probably heard Flaw I know I've heard Flaw I just cannot think of any songs from them right was now was their big hit right uh w-h-o-l-e uh and it's a band that like the lead singer had such drug problems and alcohol problems mostly he has said said from being on the road touring yeah trying to make a hit like this is not like this takes it from scarlet letter into like life destroyer like right. this dude being so desperate to have a hit you know thinking he has something to say just 
gets kind of lost to it. Chris Bowles, for what it's worth, through is the, the eye was the name of the album. Through the eyes, yes. Then the album cover was a little bit uh, uh, controversial at the time. It was a, a young black boy with a bunch of letters like carved into his face, and then their band logo carved into his head. And it was kind of uh, like it clearly is. It's reaching for desperation on this. And then the other one I want to talk about a little bit uh, was Egypt Central. I do not remember this band at this all. This is a band that didn't show up until 2005, I oh, want to say. they relate to the game. Tail end of this game. <laughs> That's the last gasp. It is. <laughs> oh, well, I have one more that I don't like that I'll talk about as an example of uh, industry trying to market something at the end of its run. Um, but Egypt Central is a band that uh, is another one where there's good music to be had, but it was too little too late kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they just never got to have a career. They had two songs that were kind of hits, at least in the WWE circles. Sure. Uh, uh, you Make Me Sick and White Rabbit were both used, uh, but they haven't produced anything since like 2010, and they've just all gone back onto their regular lives. What's the one that you're saying came in towards the end of the run that you... You're going to get mad. Uh, Hollywood Undead. Oh, Lord. Aren't is... they still kind of chugging? They are, but never more crystallized an example of... The industry trying to create something at the last throes of a genre. I, I I feel like Hollywood Undead. Jen, falls, I knew would get mad too. Falls into I see the them two same. years ago, not because I wanted to, but somebody had an extra ticket. Do they fall into the same camp as like Cottonmouth Kings, where they still have like a bunch of diehards that just think it's the best thing ever because yes. they still want to <laughs> listen to? I feel like you're an authority on this, Jen, because not yeah, because of away. you yeah, yourself, only, but just because of some because of the people as such that a huge you know. Hollywood Undead fan. As no. being the only one who's seen them live. What happened yeah. was... <laughs> She's the authority. Local now. Hollywood dead, undead expert. <laughs> one, of, one, <laughs> of my co- one of my co-workers was going to take his wife, his oldest daughter, and like one of their best friends to go see this, to go see Hollywood Undead. And uh turns out his daughter wasn't old enough. So when he called and asked me to go, I thought he had said machine head, but what he said was machine <laughs> shop. <laughs> Which is a throwback anyway. Right. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, that sounds familiar. Sure, I'll go. But then when I realized he's a machine shop out in Flint, I was like, oh, like, who are we seeing? Hollywood Undead. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and they were such hardcore, like, Hollywood Undead fans. He's like, I've been listening to them all week long. And all the way up to Flint, we had to listen to them in the car, listen to them sing. And then we This get is there. a nightmare scenario. <laughs> and then we went to the very front and they're wearing their masks and jumping around. I was like, oh, it's like good energy. But like they're like hardcore like fans. And I'm just like, I got to dress up cute. So. I do want to bring up one last fan. I had a question for Jen, real yeah. briefly. So having now been to a Hollywood Undead show and an Insane Clown Posse show, can you say that there is an overlap in crazy fandom for bands that don't deserve it? <laughs> like, is there... <laughs> Is there is that kind of something that like the similar experience that you like had between the two of that? Because I didn't actually know you saw Hollywood Undead, yeah. but I know a lot through circles a lot of people have had overlap with those bands, and and the Cottonmouth Kings are also another band that yeah. overlaps with ICP a lot. So like I feel like if you're going to be a huge weirdo fan of a band like that, you're just kind of a huge weirdo fan of any band like that. And it, I don't know since you've seen them both, like are those, are those apt comparisons. I am now a big fan of ICP, which I was not before, yes. but I am not a fan at all of Hollywood Undead. It worked. Woo, woo. Okay. I was definitely... So a couple more to hit on before we wrap this up. Number one, uh, religion trying to capitalize on this, Skillet. Uh, Skillet is a straight up Christian new metal band. If you I have not listened to them, no. their name is meant, and I've heard this in interviews, Skillet is meant to be the hot test of earth to sin. 
Okay. Is like a skillet. Picturesque. Yeah, go fuck yourself. It's awful. It is the <laughs> worst music. There is I didn't a lot of there was didn't there was another like one. Them. Thousand foot crutch is another one. I'm what about what about POD? POD I mean, like, POD's is up for debate. They're a Christian metal band. Are they? I mean, yeah. they I, are. They've associated themselves with that label. It's because totally I've fine. said that and I've been crucified for it. So, which I'm still going to bring this up. I bring this up every time we talk about POD. POD, which, which <laughs> more often than we should, as of late, has been like several <laughs> times. It's been brought up in conversation. Yeah. yeah, you were there for one of the last ones. Dave and I, as we kind of just touched upon, like ICP, we are casual fans. I'm of, a bit more than casual. I will be okay. fair. Fair I enough. do not use the word juggalo, no. but I'm close. I would never use the word juggalette to describe myself, but I have a nostalgic love for ICP. We went, what was it, a couple years ago, a couple years ago to Wicked. a Hollow Wicked show here in Detroit, and we saw ICP, and P.O.D. opened. They were one of the opening bands for them. They actually killed it. No, they like, were great. They were I, so good. This, yeah. This, they sounded good. Yep. They were hype. They had the crowd going. Like, some of those songs, like, I just don't care to hear, like, Welcome to Southtown. You know, I'm not going to put it on and, like, willingly listen to it. But sitting there in the crowd, like, waiting for ICP to come on, oh, yeah. like, they really, like, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll I, just say it. It was fantastic. And that's, in wrapping it up, like, if we can, if we can get to this point, POD is exemplary of the example that I wanted to leave with this on my personal viewings of how new metal shaped out i think that there is a market for this type of music and i feel like part of it is in like a in like a traveling nostalgia act kind of thing like it worked for pod because they had a minor comeback where they were doing things like touring with icp and sounded great like i i didn't i couldn't say anything bad about the performance and all those songs that i super tight i at one point hated were all like welcoming to me so like Listening back to some of this kind of stuff now, with the exception of bands like Godsmack or something, which I can't stand. Or Chevelle or Three Days Grace. Right. A lot of those bands, though, there is a lot of this stuff that actually is is pretty good. So I guess in wrapping up, I would say that I'm still saying that it's overrated and I kind of hate most of it. But my opinions of it has lightened greatly in my age because like some of this is just kind of fun. Like it's 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 good sometimes to have something abrasive and something kind of dumb to just check out with, you know what I mean? And bands some of the bands that we have mentioned and some of the bands we haven't, like they do a good yeah, we job. Totally, of, we totally skipped Evanescence. They do a good job <laughs> of bringing a lot of that to to your to the senses where you're like, "You know what? This is probably okay." Like it's for me personally anyway. So that's where I stand. Like after discussing all of it and hearing some of this, it was cool to hear some of these names again because I hadn't thought of bands like Glass John in a long time. But you know, on the whole, it's still it's still a genre I, by and large, had nothing to do with. But I kind of tolerate it a bit more now. You know, I'm gonna fall on a gentle underrated at the end of all this. I couldn't really nail one down in the beginning, but I'm gonna fall on gently underrated, and only if because I do think like the genre as a whole and a lot of the crap that came out of it was gar- total garbage and just don't even bother, don't even waste your time. But I do think some of the bands, and more specifically some of the albums that came out of this, um, LD50 being one that I cite all the time from Mudvayne, I love that album. And I I think it is a great album, and I think it should be heard. Um, They might have gone on to just decline, Mudvayne did in my opinion, and then fade away. And a lot of these other bands just put out absolute, like, trash but i think there are bands that came out of this and even rose to prominence because of this like system of a down i think system of a down kind of gained popular popularity because of this whole emergence of some of these bands um and even incubus to some extent not not that they wouldn't still be out there making records but i think they got a lot of recognition deftones 
things like that. Some of these bands that are still chugging away, I think they are they make great records. They have made great records. They some of them are still making great records. And I think I don't I don't think it was the worst thing to ever happen to music. So I, I think I think it it deserves it deserves a fair shake. Jen? I think I'm still kind of on I'm more on the fairly rated side than overrated. Because, like, you know, like everyone's been saying, like, there's definitely a lot of bands that I haven't really thought about. Like, yeah, okay, there's, like, a great couple albums they put out that I really liked, even though they did kind of fade out or evolve into something else that I kind of just wasn't a fan of. But all in all, like, there is still a lot that I kind of listen to. And I'm going to sit on the underrated, but I will add a caveat that the later you go in the genre's existence, the worse it seems to get. Uh, most exemplified, in my opinion, this is the last band I want to talk about. I'll hit it real quick before we wrap it up. Was a band we, Lacey, Jen, and myself actually saw uh, in November called From Ashes to New, which is a straight up reimagining of Linkin Park over like a metal band. Like they're literally just amalgamating genres now based on, you know, to some extent nostalgia. That's the way it feels to me. And that's, like I said, the later you get in the genre, the worse it gets, but there is good to be found in there so i will stand firm on underrated because i don't think it's a it's a uh it should be a black label on things Lacey, you want to wrap up the episode yeah that's gonna do it for us guys um don't forget to check us out on social media hit us up on twitter at over under fair email us at over under at gmail.com like us on facebook we are under obviously at over under fair um, and then like us on iTunes, leave us a review, rate us, let us know what you think, fire some ideas at us. We want to know what you guys want to hear us discuss. Let us know if you think some of our topics are overrated, underrated, or fairly rated. We want to hear from you. You can also check us out on Podbean as well as sportsradiodetroit.com. That'll do it for us. Have a great day. When you feel you're Cut off from this cruel world Your instinct's telling you to run Listen to your Those angel voices They'll say to you Keep saying.